2: Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12 hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you baby.
0: It is time for another Sunday sampler and nobody's putting new stuff up on this day so we want you to hear this stuff in case you missed it. So let's get it. It's basically a lot of our shows that we're proud of but also clips of our shows. Uh, Cody Jinks was on the Bobby cast. I've been a fan of Cody for a long time but not as long as some of my friends who have been like, I was with Cody Jinks from the very beginning. I don't know if they're telling the truth or not because like he said, he's been doing it for 20 years. But I've always been a fan of how he conducts his business. He just puts his head down. He just grinds. And then he's had massive success without ever having to purposefully aim mainstream. So it's me and Cody. And if you want to hear the whole interview, go over and check out the Bobbycast. But this is Cody talking about finding success without having a record deal. How his two-year-old son is a writer on one of his songs. And which artists he thinks are the most real with their music right now. So on the way, though, Caroline Hobby. Also Amy. Also Idiots. Also everybody that does a podcast here. All right, you guys... Thank you for hanging out. Here we go to start things off. Here's a clip from this week's BobbyCast with Cody Jinks. So loud and heavy. So, the song was written with your infant son. Can you tell me that story?
3: Yeah, we were uh, we were driving down the road. It was his second birthday, and I was off the road at the time. And uh, all he wanted to do was uh, go see tractors. So I drove him down to the nearest uh, uh, tractor store. Tractors supplier and he was like two you know and he wanted to just sit on it and go for and uh it started raining really really heavy and just said uh he was sitting back there in his car seat and he said loud thunder heavy rain loud thunder heavy rain and i grabbed my phone and i just hit the voice memo and i just did the i mean just exactly like it's on the record do the loud thunder heavy rain and uh just hit stop went to the tractor store Rain light up a little bit. He played for a second. And then I was like, all right, buddy, you ready to go? He's like, I got to write this song. Went home, wrote the song. I'm oh, sorry, I forgot I had a mic. <laughs> Went home, uh, wrote the song in about 45 minutes. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, it was a kind of a funny saying in this business. business, A word gets a third, you know. But uh, there was only, you know, two of us there. So I actually gave him half of the writing on it. So, um He's 11 now, but he doesn't he doesn't realize how much money that song's
4: made. <laughs> <laughs> he he, awesome. he
3: won't because, uh, yeah, he's going to have to. Uh, we told both of our kids, because my daughter's got a couple of writing credits, too, as does my wife. And we told our kids, it's like, no, no, you don't get that. No, <laughs> You go to school or you get a job, you get that when you're older. So. Like 18, 21? Uh, maybe older than 55. that. 55? <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't want to have little turds. Little trust fund turds. Mm-hmm. My wife and I grew up uh, uh, <laughs> without much. So we're, uh, we're trying to you know teach him, hey, man, this is more about hard work than it is
0: about anything else. The new song's Outlaws and Mustangs. Yeah. So why why that as the new single?
3: I really had to fight for that song. I released my last record uh, two years ago. It was called Mercy. And we had tried to record Outlaws and Mustangs on the Mercy record. It just wasn't jiving.
0: Um, what do you mean it wasn't jiving we
3: couldn't we had a lead line a lead hook for it that just it sounded really corny to me and it was towards the end of the session so we were all pretty burned out and brain dead and so we weren't giving it the full attention we needed and so we ended up scrapping it and um it took me you know till we go back in for this recording cycle to get atonement for that song we were able to go in and I said, guys. I said, throw out everything that you played before. I said, we're starting this song over, and we st-
0: like sonically or lyrically or oh no, not lyrically.
3: Lyrically, we so were so you there. kept all the same lyrics, got it? All the same lyrics. The lyrics were there. I did sing it a little bit differently, and I think that that kind of spurred the the, the band to uh, to play it a little bit differently, as well, and it just kind of fit so i felt really really good about that felt like like i said like i had atonement for that when i was two years waiting to make that song right and we were starting to talk singles for this new record and it was like are we really going to take the song that we could not get right on the last record and like it just now it shines you know so it's like yeah let's let's do it man like so that was the first one we, we uh we put out i wrote that with my friend tennessee jet
0: and that's his name, Tennessee Jet.
3: Yeah, TJ McFarland. Uh, he's one of the one of the best riders I know. He's an Oklahoma boy,
0: and, and his name's Tennessee Jet. Now we got to pause. Why is his name Tennessee Jet? He's from Oklahoma.
3: TJ, if you're listening, buddy, <laughs> we uh, we got questions, bro. We, I never. I've been friends with him for years. And I've never
0: thought of that. Not one time have I thought that. But so you know, we don't know the answer to that. I have. Okay, no idea. we'll put a pin in that one. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. Um, no. He's he's uh, one of my favorite writers. I saw him play for the first time uh, years and years ago. And uh, and just like, man, we've been writing songs ever since. And uh, I told him about a movie that I'd seen with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson called The Highwaymen, where they were playing the police officers that tracked down Bonnie and Clyde. And there was a line in the movie, Kevin Costner said, uh, outlaws and Mustangs always come home. They were trying to, to, to track and kind of figure out where Bonnie and Clyde were going to go. Figured out their pattern. And so I called TJ and I said, uh, I said, Hey man, you need to watch this movie and listen for this line. And then let's write a song called outlaws and Mustangs." And he's like, cool. I'll watch it. And so I th- he watched it that night or the next night. And so skip a day. So I'd called him one one evening, skip that next day. And then he calls me the next day. He's like, Hey man, I think I got something. And I, he said, uh, I'm going to send it over to you. He sent me the whole song. And, uh, I said, basically I just wrote the title, TJ. He said, Yeah, but is there anything you <laughs> want to change in the song? And I was like, No, it's fantastic. I'm not changing it. I could go screw it up. I could try to change it and be like, Well, I had to get no, it was perfect, you know. So that was a happy accident. And thank you again to TJ for for uh you know his friendship. But uh, also, man, I get stuck and he's one of my first calls on a song for sure.
0: How often is it that you write a song and then you feel like, well, it's not done? and then you go back and you fix it, and then it's actually fixed? Because I think all those are different things. Because sometimes, maybe like we don't want to go back to the song, or sometimes you just don't ever fix it. How often does all that happen where you do go back and it is a success?
3: You know, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe for anybody else. For us, we normally grind on a song until we get it. If we know the song's there, we'll... We'll work on one song for, for 12 hours. You know, we don't do things like, you know, a lot, a lot of people use session musicians and, and um, you know, go in and they'll lay a whole record down in a day. You know, it, it took us five months to make this record. We go in, I mean, it's, we're, we're a regular band, so we'll spend all day on a damn song if we need to. Do you
0: ever write while you're recording? Absolutely. Doesn't Do you have your own studio? I don't. It doesn't make sense where I live. It feels expensive to write while I'm recording because i got to run out up to the freaking
3: studio. I normally write while we're recording while the band is laying stuff down I don't need to be there for. Mm. So what I'll do is I'll know that, let's say, you know, Josh, our bass player, um, he produces our stuff as well. He'll tell me, hey, Cody, uh, we're going to be laying down, you know, whatever, whatever, on uh, Tuesday from... Like basically, you have noon to, you have noon to six o'clock off Tuesday. I'll call some writers and I'll be like, "Hey man, can you come over to the studio between you know whatever time on and get it?" This new record about to drop uh, has three songs on it that were written in the
0: studio. And that record comes out early next year. It does early next year.
5: You soul me so life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, beautiful. Laugh a little more, Tight, tighten up because he can you'll it with four things with Amy Brown.
4: Hey, it's Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown, and here's what we talked about this week on my podcast. Habits of humble people. Hmm. I can just run through them real quick. Yeah, hit us with those. We all want to show up that way. This is not a self-help episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Humble people are situationally aware. Mm. They retain relationships. Mm-hmm. They make difficult decisions with ease. Mm-hmm. They put others first. Yeah. They listen. Yeah. It's a lot of what you're saying. Okay? And
6: all of that, right? All of that isn't some like they're putting deposits out there. Like I've done all this for you. Now you owe me.
4: Oh yeah, no. The no, minute someone that. says that back yeah, to you, yeah. which I've had that said back to me, and uh, I'm like, oh, well then everything you did for yeah, me It was for them literally was for you and doesn't yeah, matter. And right. now I know that. Yeah. So thank you.
6: That's right. That's not humility. That's not self forgetfulness That's again
4: And that's another yeah. thing too, just as a mom uh, that you have to keep in mind because I feel like a lot of times as parents with our kids, you can just get frustrated and think like, Oh mm-hmm. everything that I do for you. And, you know, this is how you're going to talk to me or treat me or whatever. But the minute you say that, it's like, oh, wait, am yeah. I doing this for them or am I doing it for myself? Right, right. And so.
6: Yeah, my uncle, he's a counselor. He's done a lot of that. And he had to, we talked about how we don't need to get it. But I, I dated a girl, I chased a girl. We didn't really date that I should not have been chasing. And one of the conversations he kept having to have with me was, Jeremiah, pay attention, pay attention, look. She's showing you exactly who she is. You think that that one time where it was such a great day and then she, she turned a corner and she chose you and she made a meal for you that day. It wasn't for you, but <laughs> He's like, that meal was for her. She did it because it made her feel good in the moment. But look at all the other choices she's making. Weren't about you, were they? She actually threw you under the bus in all these other situations and you're jumping onto this. No, she really does care about me. She made me this meal. He's like, no, again, you're looking and only remembering the good things. But that meal was not about you. She didn't care to give it to you. She cared to give it from herself, for herself.
4: Yeah. yeah. Continuing on with the list of humble qualities. Humble people are curious. Mm, I love that one. They speak their minds.
6: Hmm. Yeah, they're not afraid. Mm -hmm. I like that one.
4: They take time to say thank you. Yes they have an abundance mentality tell that one story
6: oh yeah all right Mm -hmm. so well i was in a very nice part of the world and i won't give too much away here i was in a very nice part of the world at a very nice place to eat that was a membership place actually and when i had finished the meal and it was an unbelievable meal with a very close friend of mine we might have had one other friend there but at the end of the meal and I've had many meals with, with these people. At the end of the meal, it was the best meal I'd ever had. We, and we left so much food there. We couldn't finish it. It was just eating so much. And I asked for a to-go box. And you have at this nice place, we had three or four people waiting on us. So it wasn't just like, you know, they're, they're there for you. Whatever you need, whatever you want, we've got you covered. And as soon as the lady left and said, no problem, we'll take care of this, person who I was eating with turned to me and said, hey, you know, just at a place like this, don't, don't do that. And I was like, well, what, you know, why? I was like, I, you know, we, we've had meals before. I've taken food to go before, especially at nice places. You know, you don't want to waste it. That's lunch tomorrow or something. And he said, yeah, but, you know, especially in these settings at a membership club or it's good practice for when you're in a business setting or in a business meeting over a meal, you want to be able to have an abundance mindset. And when you take leftovers, it's, it's almost like you're acting out of lack. Like there's not going to be enough for tomorrow.
4: So crazy.
6: Yeah, it's crazy. And we I, don't
4: agree with that, by the way.
6: Some, some of it, Yeah, I, I understood what they were saying,
4: but still. But I also
6: have, and, and and this person is is very well established, very great person, great heart, just heart of gold. So I'll say that for sure. And they were coming from a place of seeing me and knowing me, so they're trying to love me well. I, I'm, I fully believe that, whether I agree with what they said or not. But I also know that there are people in those situations or in those seats of of prominence established will take you to a membership club and have a meal that kind of thing that will also say like hey man i didn't finish having my meal you should take it like i'm hey and they're all you know older gentlemen 50 60 years old they will look at me at i'm 35 say you know hey ma'am i remember even then those days like where you're trying to build a company you're trying to start a business you're working in the startup well you know you make sure you don't waste anything don't waste any food take take my meal and save it for lunch tomorrow and you feel grateful for them seeing you and thinking of you and knowing what it's like to go through what you're going through. So it's just really interesting to see two very, very similar situations on the surface and two very similar people in similar settings on the surface handle something wildly different.
4: Right. And yeah. that taking food to go has a, a lack Yeah. connotation.
6: Yeah. yeah. One viewed it as lack and one viewed it as hey, be, you're being prepared. You're thinking through it and and acknowledge what you're in.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: Hey guys, Bobby here. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless extended silver unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk Unlimited Plans start at just 25 bucks a line per month for four lines. You're going to save so much. That's more refund for just, well, you to enjoy. It's the refund that will feel like it keeps on refunding. Like who wouldn't want to have a few extra bucks in their pocket? You know, for you, maybe you want to go and have a spa day because you're going to have a little extra money once you get with Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk is great value every day on wireless. Plus, it runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. And again, let that refund you're getting continue to feel like it's refunding. Maybe you want to get tickets to a concert. That way you don't have to ask me for free tickets all the time. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through four fourteen twenty four 24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limited five phones per customer family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with autopay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings in Root Metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. <sighs> Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on their everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn when and where you spend, like the pet store, the grocery store, and even online purchases. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yeah, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. If you ask me, it's a no-brainer. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Remember, FDIC.
7: Let's do it live.
2: We are the one, two, three, sore losers. Losers. What up, everybody? I am Lunchbox. I know the most about sports. So I'll give you the sports facts, my sports opinions, because I'm pretty much a sports genius. What up, y'all? It is Sizzin. I'm from the north. I'm an alpha male. I live on the
7: west side of Nashville with Baser, my wife. We do have a white picket fence at the apartment complex. Soon I'm going to have 2.5 kids. And yes, sadly, I will die of a heart attack when I'm 72 years old. Here's a clip from the last podcast.
2: Carissa Thompson, if you guys did not see this story, she came out and said that there was a few times that when the coach was not speaking to her or or was late coming out of the locker room, she would just 100% make up the sideline report coming out of halftime. And people are acting like she killed their dog and how she's unethical and how dare she. Like, honestly, people, do not do... Every sideline report is pretty much the same damn thing when they come out of halftime or they go into halftime. Hey, we played a good first half. You know what I mean? We ran the ball well. I wish we were a little more efficient on third down. We got to get better at that, and we got to get off the field on third down. Thank you so much, Coach. Good luck in the second half. Oh, I just talked to Bill Belichick coming out of the locker room, and he just said we got to run Good the ball better.
4: Saying, say it again.
1: I would make up the report sometimes. Here it is. Because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime, or it was too late, and I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up. Because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop uh, hurting ourselves. We need to be better on third down. We yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over. the quarterback. We need, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and and do a better job of getting off the field. Like They're not going to correct me on that. Right. So I'm like, it's fine. I'll it, just make up the report. It
7: would be very –
2: so she said that on PMT just so we don't get sued. Yeah. Now my question is, what's the problem? Why are so many people upset? A, every sideline report is ninety-nine percent the exact same thing. It's all coach talk. They never tell you anything. They never go into detail. They never give you good stuff. And honest to God, I no no disrespect to the sideline reporters. I'd stare at their chest. No. Nope, nope. No, that's not what I was gonna say. Wear a dress, girl. If they didn't have a sideline report. Would it change any ounce of the viewing experience?
7: No, but I'm, I don't know why we converted it to ounces. But what I'm saying is it, uh, it's just part of the game. It's an element, if you will, no less. Yes. there's no If the coach
2: doesn't come out on time, what is she supposed to do? Congrats to him. Is she supposed to say, oh, sorry, guys, I got nothing to report down here. The coach had not come out of the locker room. Back to you, Jim.
7: Nance, ah, uh, thank you. I'm over here staring at the camera. Oh, would you look at Dee Dee Bonner and Catherine oh. Webb,
2: Carissa Thompson. We thought we were going to have you for 30 seconds. You only talked for 15. Now I don't know what to do. Ah, oh, I'm all thrown off. I don't see the big deal. The big deal is
7: I don't care. But the, all the rep- women reporters now have said I've trailblazed. I've done so much in this industry because you're on. You're based off of how legitimate and your loyalty and your honesty and your trustworthiness and your obedience and your sexuality. Not that one. So you're based on all that, and this kind of puts a crack in that foundation of we trust the media. Do we, Ray? We're the media. Trust you.
2: Really? What did you learn when you watch a sideline report? Honest to God, what do you learn? You learn nothing. If you're betting it and the coach goes, I don't know, man. I
7: don't know. We're scared out there, man. I'm like, damn it. Cash out. He's terrified. We're losing the bat, Baser. He's freaking pissing himself. Clarissa Thompson just said it. He just pulled out and pissed.
2: So what happened there in the second half? Well, our quarterback shit his pants, <laughs> Clarissa, you know what I mean? We're going to uh, go in there, we're going to get his butt wiped at halftime, and we're going to come out a clean slate. Uh, like, nobody says that. They all say the same thing. I'm going to go in there at halftime, or I'm going to preach, guys. It's a it's a 60-minute game. Like we, we played a good first quarter, we played a good second quarter. Now we got We can't let up in the second half. We may be up 21 nothing, but that means it's 0-0 when we come out of the locker room. It's... The same crap every time. Coach, bless you. I get that. I get that. But you're almost
7: not arguing the point at hand. The point at hand is I talked to coach. He said this. In Big Brother, you do that. You get evicted. In life, you make up stuff. Hey, uh, hey, Baser in the mountains. Eric Dodd said you got a good butt. He didn't. I did. I made that up. I made it up. That's what she did. Clarissa Thompson, she's doing playing the game of telephone. She came in, said, on, she said, I have been presented this by the coach. Therein, she wasn't. I, if, what if I said, hey, lunch's wife, wife box, lunch wanted a turkey sandwich. And then you came home and you said, what the fuck? I wanted a pizza. And then you said and then you said where did you hear I wanted a turkey sandwich from and she said Ray told me you wanted a turkey sandwich and you said I never told Ray I wanted a turkey sandwich It's it's food it's meat it's pizza it don't damn matter does it it does matter cuz that's not what you can ordered and I'll hang up and listen I think it's just under the guise that she talked to the guys. So it's like, a, even though it's a pointless
2: So, shit, So what she should have said is, hey, the coach didn't come out in time,
7: so I don't know what they're going to do. She should. It sucks that she said it the way so nonchalantly that she did, and then now all the, uh, uh, maybe other reporters are, but I see, I mean, Michelle Tafoya, uh, Tracy Wolfson, Molly McGrath. Everyone's like, I stand on my honor that I have always talked to a coach, and I have made sure that what he said was truthful and honest, and I reported it. They're all, dude, they're all on their high horse right now. They
2: are all acting like they are holier than thou, and i my gosh, you are acting like it is so earth-shattering what she did. Who gives a damn? But you understand
7: the basis of it. You just can't say that somebody said something. You could, dude, how easy is it to say, you know what, Mark, uh, Jim. Hey, Jim D.D. Potter. holy hell, boy, she beautiful. Hey, Jim, uh, just the gist of what I'm kind of feeling from the locker room, they're mad. Not happy with how they're playing right now. You can tell a lot of loud noises come, noises from the locker room. That's what I got. So you can kind of get a feel. You just can't say, coach said this. Hey, that's ballsy, though. She would just make up some crap. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so maybe she should have just said, by the look on his face, I think he's mad about this, but I was unable to talk to him because he has not come out of the locker room yet.
7: That's good reporting, and I got on Twitter, and I said, listen, Michelle Tafoya, I said Tracy Wolfson, I said, when we get audio, we get audio. I said, that's how it remains truthful. The
2: Julio, welcome to Titans Up, baby. Titan Up, welcome to Nashville, baby. How you doing? Can I snap a selfie real quick?
7: See, I said, that's the difference, Tafoya. We get audio at the sore Losers.
1: Yeah. Hey, it's Mike D. from Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Each week, I bring you a fun movie topic. This week, I hit you with some nostalgia and shared with you what I think are the nine most underrated movies of the 90s. These are the top three. If you want to hear the full episode, be sure to check out my podcast. But right now, here's just a little bit of Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. At number three from 1994 is the best baseball movie of all time, hands down. I don't care what you say. It's not The Sandlot. It's not any other baseball movie in the 90s, 80s, whatever. This is the best baseball movie ever made. And it does not get the recognition it deserves. The movie I am talking about is Angels in the Outfield. It's about a kid played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt who just wants the chance of having a family again. And I just re-watched this movie recently because my favorite team, the Texas Rangers, had a chance to win the World Series. And I thought, I need to go back and revisit this because I was reminded of the deal he made with his dad was once the Angels win the pennant in this movie, we can be a family again. And Texas Rangers, if you're not familiar, they just won the World Series, but in the entire history of the team, never won it. So I feel like this movie could have played out now. Some deadbeat dad telling his kid, hey, if the Rangers win the pennant, we can be a family again. And that was my inspiration to go back and watch this movie when the Rangers were playing the Astros. I thought, man, if they could just pull this off and make it to the World Series. I've watched this movie for good luck. Rangers went on to not only win the pennant, but win the entire World Series. So now, every time they're in the playoffs, I'm going to have to go back and watch this movie. But the movie was made for $31 million. It had an opening of $8.9 million. It went on to make $50 million in its theatrical run. But if you look at the cast in this movie, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, Danny Glover, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, this cast is stacked. And surprisingly, This movie was a lot more emotional than I remembered because of the fact that he is just trying to get his dad back who doesn't want him.
5: Dad, when are we going to be a family again?
1: Where I'm sitting, I'd say when the angels win the pennant.
2: You stay out of trouble, son.
1: I almost cried again at the scene wherever he sees his dad in court and realizes what is happening. So this movie has it all. It has the emotion. It has the baseball, it has comedy, it has all those things working together with the charm of the 90s and not enough people talk about this movie. So much so that it's even hard to watch this movie. I just happened to find out that TBS is carrying it And since we have Hulu Plus with TV, live, whatever that is, I was able to watch it for the first time in years. So if you have Hulu Live Plus with TBS or whatever, you can watch it too. But it's a Disney movie. It needs to be on Disney Plus. Justice for Angels in the Outfield. That's why I have it at number three. At number two is a comedy from 1998. It stars the late and great Norm Macdonald. It also has Artie Lang. Chris Farley, which I mentioned that Almost Heroes was his last starring role, but this ended up being his final film credit. You also have a surprise cameo from Adam Sandler in this movie. But what this movie is about is Norm Macdonald plays this character who is a loser. I guess we have a theme here and he finds success in a revenge for hire business. People come to him to do his dirty work, whether it be to deal with a noisy neighbor, a jerk of a boss, or the big evil guy in town who wants to destroy a retirement home. I could quote this movie all day long. From start to finish, I know every single line in this movie, and again, it's a movie that's not entirely appropriate, and I know there's some kids who listen to this podcast, so this is the cleanest joke I can play from a movie called Dirty Work.
5: Hey, uh, Mitch. You're really starting to like this, Kathy, aren't you?
6: No. Mitch, I know you, man. When you say no like that, you really mean yes. What are you talking about? Watch, I'll show you. Mitch, uh, did you ever rob a bank? No. Did you ever climb Mount Everest? No. Did you ever say
5: that you can see why women find Sean Connery sexy? No. Okay, so I like Kathy a little bit. And
1: I still do that to this day. No. So that is number two. Dirty Work is an underrated movie from the 90s. At number one from 1998, the most underrated movie from the 90s is Small Soldiers. What this movie is about, you have these two guys who work at a toy company and they need the next big thing. Something that's so cool and innovative and hardcore that every kid is going to want to buy it. And what they end up doing is putting missile technology in these toy action figures. And they think, ah, it's cool. It makes them smart. And they fight with each other. And one of them is programmed to kill. And one of them is programmed to hide and be the peaceful one. So you have the villains and you have the heroes. But what they don't count on happening is... The chips end up malfunctioning, and they start not only attacking the other toys, but start attacking humans. The movie had a budget of $40 million, and it opened to $14 million, which isn't the worst opening. It did end up grossing $54 million at the box office, so it had a little bit of a profit. But when you look at the highest-grossing movies of the 90s and compare it to... Even the top 100 grossing movies of the 90s made at least $110 million. As minimum, Lion King made almost a billion dollars at $970 million. Or another iconic movie like Toy Story made $40 million at the box office. So a mere $54 million back then didn't really seem like a whole lot when you have all these other movies crushing it. And like all the other movies on this list, there are lines that have just stuck with me for my entire life One specifically is in the final scene, wherever they're trying to take out the commando elites and you have them revolting against the family and revolting against humans and attacking them with all these weapons they have created with things they found in the garage, which this movie gets a lot more violent than you would expect for a kid's movie. People get hurt. People probably could have died. But it's this one small little scene and this line that this toy says to the human that has stayed with me forever. What are you packing, tiny? Packing, packing you. I continue to say that. Packing, packing you. But the reason I included this one as my number one pick is an underrated movie from the 90s. If you grew up in this decade and you didn't watch and love this movie, you're not a 90s kid. I'm sorry. You have to appreciate the charm of this movie the comedy in this movie, the action in this movie, the lesson you learn, which is don't put military technology in toys. We should all know that, right? Okay, that is the list.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
0: Hey guys, Bobby here. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless extended silver unlimited plan and get a brand new Samsung A14 on them. Straight Talk unlimited plans start at just 25 bucks a line per month for four lines. You're gonna save so much. That's more refund for just, well, you to enjoy. It's the refund that will feel like it keeps on refunding. Like who wouldn't wanna have a few extra bucks in their pocket? You know, for you, maybe you wanna go and have a spa day because you're gonna have a little extra money once you get with Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk is great value every day on wireless. Plus, it runs on the most reliable 5G network in America. So treat yourself to Straight Talk today. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. And again, let that refund you're getting Continue to feel like it's refunding. Maybe you want to get tickets to a concert. That way you don't have to ask me for free tickets all the time. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. You must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limited five phones per customer family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Straight Talk utilizes the network with the most first place rankings in Root Metrics 1H 2023 5G reliability assessments of 125 metros. Results may vary. Not an endorsement. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on their everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn when and where you spend, like the pet store, the grocery store, and even online purchases. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yeah, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. If you ask me, it's a no-brainer. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
8: Hey y'all, it's Caroline Hobby. Today on Get Real Podcast, I have a legendary artist. The lead singer of Skillet is joining me, John Cooper. He is 17 times platinum. He talks about having a spiritual perspective on today's culture, the influx of cancel culture, and knowing when you feel called to speak up and fight against something and live for something bigger than yourself. It is a really empowering episode. Check it out. John Cooper, the lead singer of Skillet. Y'all like what had it? 17 million. Is that right? Did I read that right? 17 million platinum? Like, <laughs>
5: yes, you've,
8: you've really done it. You've really done the full Monty <laughs> here.
9: Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I, I really can't believe it. When I see the number I'm 17 million, I, I don't, I don't feel like we've sold that much, but you know, I guess the numbers don't lie, but we've been doing it. Let's see. 27 years. Um, my wife and I have been married for 26 years. Some people don't know my wife, Corey is also in the band. So So uh, seven years on the road, we raised our kids on the road. And just so people know, uh, my kids ages, my kids are, my daughter will be 21 next month. My son is 18. Just so you know who I am and what it's all about.
8: So I am so I'm just I admire you and your career and how you're living your life on so many levels. I'm so fascinated to dive into your new book Wimpy, Weak and Woke. I mean, cannot wait to talk about this. But I just I I really love that you are coming at culture from such a spiritual perspective. And mm-hmm. it's not about either side it doesn't feel like to me it's more about just like we're it's all wrong <laughs> it's all like not the right we're not doing this correctly and we need it's a spiritual crisis in other words right is that kind of the vibe you're putting out there
9: i absolutely think it's a spiritual crisis i mean you know in fact in the opening chapter of the book it's sort of like i call it the pre-show chapter um but it's it's an introduction but i'm clever so i called it a pre-show um in the pre-show chapter you know, i'm writing about the fact that sometimes people say, John, sounds like you're getting hyper-political. Why, why are you doing that? And I'm writing, I'm saying, I never wanted to be political. I just want to play music, you know? I want to be a, a rock and roll singer. I want to sing songs I believe in and meet fans from all over the world, which we've done, who disagree about everything. I mean, we travel the world and uh, meet people from all sorts of religions, uh, the non-religious, whatever, I don't want to talk about these culture issues. I don't want to sing my music, but something has changed so drastically. And we are witnessing what I believe is the destruction of our society. It is a spiritual, uh, a spiritual calamity. I don't think we can over-exaggerate it. And I felt that I was being forced to, to either to, I mean, I, I didn't have to say anything, but to not say anything feels like. Madness, like you know that that somebody is going down a path that is going to lead them into so much harm and so much uh, tragedy, and and I can help do something about it. And I'm for my the sake of my kids, for the sake of hopefully my grandkids one day. I feel like you you got to say something, and I think that at this point, most people recognize we're in a tragedy. The amount of young people I meet that have contemplated suicide. It's so heartbreaking. It cannot be exaggerated. Um, the amount of people I meet who are addicted to, to pornography, who are addicted to uh, sex or, or, of course, drugs or whatever, who just can't find any meaning in life. It is so utterly heartbreaking. And I just feel like we've got to talk about these things. And so that's why we do.
8: I'm glad that you're not scared to come right at it because I feel like that has been like, it's been such a cancel culture for so first recently, but I really appreciate what you're doing because I feel like in these past few years, there has been like such a heavy influx of cancel culture and like everyone's scared to say anything and everyone has different opinions and everyone is like so worried to like speak up or have, I mean, do anything that could possibly cause controversy and I feel like you're just going straight for it. And you're like, it is, this is so like, stop, everyone. everyone's just getting their feelings hurt and getting so worried about hurting feelings. But there's a huge issue here that we need to tackle. And we need to like, learn tools to tackle and learn the foundation of what's actually going to bring happiness and joy into the world. And not just trying to fill it. And I love how you said it's like the man God, and then there's like, there's like the heavenly, there's like a heavenly God and there's like the man made God. And that's the crisis we're in right now because we're worshiping like the human man made God in all sorts of forms.
9: No, I think you. that's so important. You just nailed it. I mean, um, like I say, I felt somewhat forced to say something because we see what happened with, with Skillet as things were changing, as the social justice movement in the mid 2010s was gaining so much ground. There was basically this sort of like bullying that happened that was like, hey, if you're not speaking out against, you know, fill in the blank, I don't even whatever, uh, Trump, if you're not speaking out against Trump or if you're not speaking out against um, what's happening at the border during the the Trump or whatever, really, you just name it. Um, If you're not speaking out against or for BLM or whatever, you know, choose your topic, then you are part of the problem you're part of the problem. You are being unjust. You are not loving people. And then that started infiltrating into Christianity. You started having a lot of Christians saying, yes, if you're not doing all those things, not only are you part of the problem, not only are you a bad human being, you are a bad witness for Christ. And I and I was like, dude, I just want to play music. And and But what was even more than that is I was thinking, well, I don't want to speak out on your side on a lot of these things because I, I actually don't agree with you about that. I don't even mind that we disagree. I can still be friends. Can I just play music? And basically, the answer was no, you can't just play music. And so I felt really torn between these two things, which is either A, I'm being bullied and forced to say something I do not believe, which is what a coward does. I mean, no, I'm not going to do that, of course. Or, I'm going to be called unjust or unchristian or what, whatever it may be. And you're not allowed to be silent. So I said, all right, fine. If you, and this is how I said it in my book, all I wanted to do was play music in peace. But if I can't play music in peace, then I'm going to play music in war and, and you, you've poked the bear now. So you poked the bear, you've made me speak out. And now I'm going to speak out and I'm just going to say what's on my mind. Because if I don't, I feel like the 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 culture is going to hell so very quickly. And so we have to talk about these issues. I think I do think it's hard talking about them in love, saying, I love you whether you disagree with me or not. But we have to say what we believe. And as you just said, Caroline, people get their feelings hurt so easy. And that's actually part of the problem. That's part of the the kind of the humanistic culture we're living in, is everybody gets their feelings hurt. And now Getting your feelings hurt is equated to harm. And when I grew up getting your feelings hurt, was just called going to school.
8: <laughs> just that's being- so true. Getting your feelings hurt is equated to harm now when really that's a part of life is navigating that.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sampler. Maybe you want to go check out one of these podcasts if you haven't. Maybe you don't want to check them out and you just like the little clips because you're like, that's enough for me. New episodes are out every single day, one of these shows. There's always something new to listen to if it's movies or sports or music or healthy living. Subscribe, rate, review if you don't mind. I know people say that and it's cliche, but it does help. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye, everybody.
5: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: I love bacon. It's hard to find somebody who doesn't love bacon. All bacon's good, right? Yeah, but some bacon is next level. And when I talk about next level, I'm talking about right brand bacon. We had so much up here that... The guys on the show were fighting for it. Eddie posted a big case of it that he took home. Right Brand is the number one thick-cut, hand-trimmed, real wood smoked bacon. You just have to try it to believe. So, bacon lovers, do yourself a big favor. Go out and get yourself some Right Brand bacon today. It's time you experience bacon the right way. You deserve to treat yourself. So, turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a straight-talk wireless extended silver unlimited plan. Get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plans, starting at just $25 a line per month for four lines. You will save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. Well, or at least a lot longer. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store.